Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus, episode 34, The Spider-Man Homecoming Review. South, East, and West, and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I'm your host, the Hypersonic 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. Today is a momentous day on Film Focus as I finally get around to talking about Spider-Man Homecoming, the latest film from Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures. Now, Spider-Man is my all-time favorite superhero in this life and the next. And we've had at least two good films, one so-so one and two awful ones. And with the, you know, third version of the character, you know, finally out there in the ether, I was curious to see what would happen with this, you know, third reboot of the character. Because after seeing Captain America Civil War last year, there were two things that were like, you know, the highlights of the film for me, Black Panther and Spider-Man. And I was thinking before Captain America Civil War, I was kind of getting like, you know, to that point where I'm like, oh, another Spider-Man film. Do I really care about Spider-Man that much in live action? And I'm like, I don't want to feel that way about my favorite superhero. But I think after Amazing Spider-Man 2, that really got me jaded on the idea of seeing any other incarnation of, you know, Peter Parker in live action again. But, you know, again, Civil War really sold me on it. Tom Holland was a breath of fresh air, he was young, he was youthful, he was charismatic, charming, and all sorts of delightful. And the marketing for Spider-Man Homecoming was good. There was nothing about it that ever got me like, oh my god, the best thing ever. But, I think was it with the second trailer when um, there was some talk about there being, you know, some spoiler-related material in there. Or at least like some story related material that people didn't want to know about the film in there. That was the trail that really got me because it got to the heart of what I think the filmmakers were trying to do with Spider-Man Homecoming. And it was to tell a different kind of story that was focused on Peter Parker, you know, growing up, coming of age and realizing that, you know, it's him as a person, not the suit that he wears that makes him a hero. And so, yeah, I, I've been looking forward to this film for the entire year. I've been hyped for it for ages, and it's finally here. It's already been out here at the time of this recording in the UK since Wednesday. But since it's Friday now, everybody else in the US get to check it out today. So, yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming. What do I think of it? Quite simply put, I really like it. It's a good film. Really, really good. And... When I finished Spider-Man Homecoming, I literally just sighed, uh, you know, a sigh of relief because I had fears for this film, especially with the market and, you know, towards, you know, the tail end of it. Uh, I thought there was going to be a little bit too much Iron Man and certain characters weren't going to get enough screen time, you know, certain other characters. But Spider-Man Homecoming, I'm just going to say up front, really good movie, really solid. 
you you need to check it out because it does so many unique and fun and interesting things that you know break the conventions of the films that we've seen before but also feel familiar to the previous films and the comic book source material and this is to me the most comic book accurate spider-man that we've had so far in terms of some of the plot elements and what they've done with the characters but we'll get into that material later on so as per usual with these reviews i'm basically going to talk about the story material the characters the presentation and then give my overall thoughts at the end and yes you might have noticed that my voice is feeling a little less charismatic than usual i'm not sure if i'm under the weather or if it's because i'm recovering from the other night where I was basically at a volunteering event and there was karaoke and I shouted me out of the entire night and my voice got proper groany for a good while. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be a little less charismatic than I usually am in you know the podcast, so please bear with me. But anyway, I'm going to start talking about that story in just a second, so sit back, relax, and uh, we'll get through this thing together. Okay, so the story for Spider-Man Homecoming can be described as the following. Several months after the events of Captain America Civil War, Peter Parker, with the help of his mentor, Tony Stark, aka Iron Man, tries to balance his life as an ordinary high school student while also fighting crime as his superhero alter ego, Spider-Man. As a new threat, the Vulture emerges. And that basically is the premise of the film without going into the area of spoilers. Straight away, what I liked about Spider-Man Homecoming is the fact that the film feels familiar but at the same time is totally unique from the previous incarnations that we got in the past. And the interesting thing about Homecoming is it technically is an origin story but just not in the conventional sense. As you know, with the origin story of Spider-Man, we all know about the whole radioactive spider, Uncle Ben dying. Peter Parker feeling responsible and then using like, you know, that experience to propel him into being like, you know, the good-hearted, you know, superhero that we know and love. But for some reason, two films with two versions of the origin story is enough for everybody just to, you know, gap in arms saying, oh, we've seen too many Spider-Man. Like, you know, was it origin stories already? I'm tired of it. The only reason I bring this up as a talking point is because, uh, over in the DC world, we've seen Batman have his origin shown in film at least four times, and yet no one seems to complain about that. We've seen it in Batman 89, Batman Forever, Batman Begins, and briefly in Batman vs. Superman, and yet for some reason we can still see four versions of Batman's origin story, but heaven forbid if we see two versions of Spider-Man's you know, original story and everyone gets up in arms about it, is the Uncle Ben dying, you know, responsibility, radioactive spider thing, that much of a big deal that everyone has to moan about it. I don't know. I mean, sure, change is good, but not when people just pick and choose what origin stories they like to see over and over again and some that they don't. Okay, mini ran over, but anyway. Spider-Man Homecoming. What I like about this version of this origin story is it feels more like Spider-Man the early years rather than Spider-Man the beginning. So we basically get to see Spider-Man just trying out being a superhero for the first time, but being more closer to the ground and dealing with more local issues in his hometown rather than dealing with some of the more larger scale earth ending like you know things that we see in the avengers or some of the other characters like thor and uh iron man and captain america you know that kind of stuff 
Another cool thing is that there are a lot of recognizable elements on display for those aware of the Spider-Man source material when it comes to Peter Parker being a high school student, balancing his superhero life with his personal life, and basically growing up and dealing with the highs and lows that life throws at you. But the thing that really surprised me about this film is just the fact that it took a good few risks with, you know, just the overall narrative and some of the more notable elements of the Spider-Man mythos. Basically, you know, there's a lot of things that you know about these Spider-Man characters in terms of the uh, the way in which certain stories pan out, the way in which certain characters, like, you know, look and feel, and the way in which they act and interact. And this film just sort of throws a few of those, you know, basic adventures on its head and surprises you with just some things that are subtle, some things that are a little bit more notable. But I remember just watching the film and just saying, oh, I didn't expect that. Oh, so they're doing this. Oh, well, bloody hell, did not expect that. There are genuine moments of surprise and shock, and um, they are welcome moments of surprise and shock, because, again, in this day and age of superhero films where there is, you know, a need to keep things fresh by changing up not only the genre but story elements and character characterization in some cases, Spider-Man is definitely getting with the times and adding just these sprinkles and, you know, much bigger, like, you know, changes to the overall thing that just makes it so much more enjoyable and more unique and more defining as a interesting piece in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, and the tone of the film is perfect. Homecoming has the right balance of lightheartedness, action and heart that's enjoyable for kids and adults. Plus, the references to the comics is great for those who are paying attention. Whether they're like, you know, small, minor verbal references or visual ones, any Spider-Man fan who knows their material, you, you can hear the whispers or see people turning to each other like, oh, ooh, and ah. There's some interesting foreshadowing for the future, which if Marvel are still involved with the, you know, creation side of like, you know, things... Um, they'll get these characters right because I'm really excited for where they're going to go with you know some of the sequels and speaking of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man just fits so well into this world and there are enough references to the other films to make it work but this film still feels like a standalone adventure and still feels small in scale rather than you know just another world ending event so I thought that was great if I had any issues with the story, it's just that while I found the overall story to be quite captivating and fun and lovely, I think, you know, for the sake of comparison, if if we're going to compare, we just have to compare to like what, in my opinion, is still the, my favorite Spider-Man film, Spider-Man 2. I still feel like those story elements were still, you know, at the top tier. And Spider-Man Homecoming does a really good job, but I feel like it just... It didn't have as many surprises as I expected it to, or any sort of surprising revelations or, you know, super changes of the formula that elevated it to, like, that super maximum level. But it's kind of hard to do that when you've, like, you know, seen at least five different, like, you know, Spider-Man films beforehand to really come up with something completely fresh and new that's going to blow everybody's minds. But, yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming story was overall really good. It had some really really solid material some really dramatic heart you know was it uh pounding moments and some really good emotional material which i was really surprised by and i love feeling like you know is that you know uh, when a film has heart and like you know as it touches your soul it makes you feel good man 
and I'm just happy that the writers and the director was able to like you know to incorporate that into this story. Okay, so when it comes to the cast of Spider-Man Homecoming, they are all really, really good. The performances all around are pretty impressive. Everybody from the main cast to the secondary cast, the people with just minor roles and cameos, everybody worked and they brought their A-game. Although, obviously, in cases like this, some characters stand out more so than others, and depending on you know who you are, some people, depending on personal preference, will stand out more so than others. But anyway, let's start with the main man himself, Tom Holland, who was just... A1, amazing, beautiful, perfect as Peter Parker, aka Spider-Man. I knew as soon as I saw Holland in Civil War last year that he'd crush it in this film because he he left such a beautiful impression on me after I saw him in Civil War because he captured that youthful energy and spunk and charm that comes with the Peter Parker character and the Spider-Man character. So I knew he'd do well in Homecoming, but I didn't know he'd do as well as he did this version of Peter Parker was so relatable, endearing, funny, heroic, a little cocky and tenacious. And uh, Holland did so well with his material as, you know, was it uh, in and out of the suit, dealing with all of the high school material, his relationship stuff, not only with, you know, um, Liz, but also with his best mate. The material that he had with Tony Stark was really good. Uh, the stuff he did with Vulture was great, and just as an overall character, you felt for him, you rooted for him. You were there for Spider-Man in his highs and lows, his successes and failures, and you just see this guy growing up trying to find his place in the world and understanding what it means to be a hero. All those elements were done really well, you know, written for the character well, but Tom Holland just acted the hell out of this film. He killed it so well. He was so bloody charming and adorable and magnetic he owned all the screen time he was in and I don't know who's a thank for the casting but my goodness they got it right Tom Holland is just fantastic and I cannot sing his praises enough um, next up we happen to have Mr. Michael Keaton as Adrian Toomes aka Vulture now Vulture to me has always been you know, a so-so character, depending on which on, uh, incarnation you're looking at, you know, whether it be in the comics or some of the animated material. He could be kind of cool or, you know, just kind of lame. But I knew once Keaton was, you know, brought on to be this character, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. And Keaton was really good in the role. I appreciated how his character was not just a conventional villain doing bad things for the sake of it, but had a logical reason for his actions. And... I just like this character. I think that he was perceptive and smart and Keaton's performance definitely elevated the role. He gave the character a really tough and intimidating presence and just the way he spoke with some of those really gruff and, you know, sinister, you know, ways that he delivered his dialogue, it was really, really good and you're just you don't want to be in a room with this guy when he's talking to you because you feel like he's just gonna mess you up. <laughs> Keaton was really good in the role, and while I don't feel like his villain was, like, you know, the best, it definitely was one of the more memorable ones in the MCU, and I I just liked it a lot. <laughs> um, next up, we happen to have Jon Favreau as Happy Hogan. Happy Hogan has been one of my favorite characters since he, you know, first showed up in Iron Man, and just his subsequent little appearances... No matter how like you know notable or minor they were, I just I just like seeing him. And in this film, I feel like he's had his best material for a while. He just has this nice, dry sense of humor. He's so gruff and like you know tough, and he sometimes just doesn't want to give people the time of day. 
And, you know, Favreau just delivers his line with just the right level of comedic timing and, uh, you know, seriousness. Just sometimes just looking at his face is just really funny. Uh, Favreau did a really good job with uh, Happy Hogan. Jacob Batalon, who was, I think, Peter's best mate as Ned, he was great. He was fabulous. I really liked how he was just this funny, quirky, nerdy individual who, once he found out about, like, you know, is it Peter's secret, ended up having some of the most funny lines, cool interactions, and just memorable moments. He just had some really fun moments, and I really enjoyed his character. Um, sometimes, you know, sidekick mates that know the main character's secrets can be a little annoying or cliche, but this guy was just the right amount of, like, you know, fun, conventional kind of character. But he was just, he was, he was fun. And I just loved seeing him whenever he had, like, moments with Peter on screen. Zendaya was also really good as Michelle. She was this weird loner character, but was also pretty smart and rude and funny and you can see that Zendaya was really having a good time with the role so I was just like oh that's great I really enjoyed what she was able to do with the character and um I just realized I've been calling her Zendaya like no Zendaya like because some people depending on who it is online some people say Zendaya Zendaya like I don't know which one it is you know what screw it I'll switch to Zendaya she was good as Michelle also Laura Harrier as Liz was great she was so wonderful she was so cute and kind and upbeat and I Harriet's performance was just so captivating she had this wonderful glow to her and just seeing her especially in her interactions with like uh, Peter and some of her other classmates she was she was delightful she she's bloody stole my heart man <laughs> she was just so cute um also the kid who plays Flash Tony I'm not even going to say his last name, but basically the dude that plays Flash, he was great. Obviously, Flash Thompson, if we, you know, everybody that knows him from the character, he was originally a white-based character, fairly beefy football player, but I guess they decided to take him in a different direction. And I know a lot of people online were just hating on that whole concept altogether, but I found it was just a nice little interesting change of pace. And essentially the characterization is pretty much the same he's just a guy that picks on peter he's uh smug uh very rude doesn't care about anybody but himself but i thought like you know tony did a good job with this character and he still was quite funny and had some pretty good uh moments throughout the film as well um oh and then we have marissa tomei as aunt may now, Marissa Tomei, uh, she has had my heart for, like, you know, a good few years since I saw her in Only You, and um, I like what she was able to bring to, you know, the character when she had a, you know, small appearance in Civil War, but obviously now she had a little bit more to do, and she was really good. I feared from the marketing that her role would end up being next to nothing, but she was just a lovely presence in the film she was so upbeat humorous and caring but also she just wasn't a fool and she didn't take like you know was it shit from people she was just very realistic and the fact that they aged her up and modernized her in a lot of ways was just a nice different interpretation to like you know what we've seen you know not only from the comments but the previous actresses that preceded her she was just a good art may and it was just it was just fun to see like you know what her may was able to bring to the role I also really liked Donald Glover in the film as Aaron Davis. His part in the film, while small, definitely had like, you know, was it a uh, notable flair to it. And Glover, he's just fun to watch in anything. And he 
he was fun. I, I, I just liked him. Hannibal Buzz was really funny in his role. I liked that guy in Broad City, and uh, he he had some really funny moments in this film. Logan Marshall Green and Bokeem Woodbine, they had some pretty good parts in this film as well as, like, you know, the sort of helper-slash-hedgeman dudes that work with the Vulture. And then finally, I just want to give a shout-out to all the uh, kid actors who happen to have, like, you know, minor roles in the school, whether it was some of these people that were, you know, interacting with Peter directly or just in, like, you know, some of these other notable moments dotted about the film these actors were really cool they had really good comedic timing and they were they were just delightful and plus i just liked the fact that the school was just full of all these young actors who looked like bloody school children as opposed to the previous films where everybody looked like they were in their like late 20s early 30s all these kid actors were so much fun some of them had like you know was it uh connections to the comics in some interesting ways and some of them were just you know made for the film but had some wonderful wonderful like moments to stand out and one of my favorites happens to be abraham attar as abe that guy he has some of my favorite lines of all the film small bits of dialogue but in the context of the scenes the dude killed me me and my sister were laughing a heck of a lot so when it comes to the presentation it's pretty good all round so firstly let's start with the visuals visually the film is pretty good with some solid cinematography good choreographed action sequences that were quick, funny, and hard-hitting, and the CGI was pretty solid, especially with the detail that they've put to the Spider-Man suit, because obviously last year a lot of people complained about the level of detail in the, you know, CGI when it came to not only Spider-Man's movements, but the actual suit itself, saying that it looked too fake in CG, and in this film, the amount of detail that they've put into the suit, especially with all the close-up they have of, you know, the different types of material for the red and the uh, blue parts of the suit as well, and the other intricate, like, you know, technological details, it's fabulous. Uh, the Vulture looks really good, and I like the way in which this film is shot. It feels consistent with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but again, it feels like it has its own unique style when it comes to the way in which they use certain tracking shots, POV shots, and, you know, the way in which some of the action shot. It feels like Spider-Man, but it feels fresh and, again, different to what we've seen before. My only issues with the visual side of things was that in some of the nighttime sequences, it felt far too dark. Especially watching, like, you know, if you were to watch this in 3D, it would be even darker than it was in these cinema so i recommend if you can just try to watch it on the highest quality screen possible because that darkness man it is not good and the cgi was a little inconsistent for me at points it looked perfect so crisp and shiny and smooth and really good and then other times where it just looked okay or just not as good as it could look i feel like it just some scenes needed a little bit more refinement but otherwise visually really solid really good stuff yeah um, as for the film score by my man, Michael Giacchino, I was hyped. I was seriously hyped because after what he did with Doctor Strange, I was pretty sure that he was going to rock my world with Spider-Man Homecoming. And there are certainly some revelations and some really good pieces of material that he produced for this film, but I don't feel like it was the epic soundtrack that I was hoping for because... Michael Giacchino, he has created some of my favorite film scores in recent times and just ever, ever. So, you know, when you're looking at films like uh, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, or 
the three Star Trek films or The Incredibles. You know, this guy has a really good, you know, ear for creating sounds that are unique, bombastic, adventurous, and stuff that, like, you know, will stick in your mind afterwards. So there are moments where Michael Giacchino definitely taps into those sort of unique elements that make his, you know, film scores worth listening to, especially in some of the more dramatic and emotional scenes. His score for this film definitely has its moments where it feels like it's reaching those levels of perfection. But overall, I feel like the film score is just good. It ha Again, it has its moments where it's just like reaching that level of perfection. And some of those songs are actually starting to like, you know, is it settle in my mind? And I feel like on subsequent viewings, the music will get better in my mind. But overall, it's a good film score with great moments, but just overall, not as impressive as I would have liked. Alright, so now we come to the conclusion. Spider-Man Homecoming. You know what, I, I said it at the beginning, and I have to say it again, Spider-Man Homecoming was just a delight. Such a fun film. I went to see it, and I just ended, you know, ended the film with such a big old smile on my face. The film was delightful, and just, I'm glad it wasn't a train wreck, because the thing is, the film could have been anywhere between, you know, decent to really crappy, especially with, like, you know, the way in which Sony have handled these films beforehand. So the fact that Marvel stepped in, I feel like this has all of their, you know, fingertips all over it. It feels like it has those special moments that we've come to expect from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And in the way in which they treated the characters and the story and the direction and stuff like that, it fits perfectly in with what you've seen in the MCU beforehand. But it also feels, you know, again, like another unique piece added to this wonderful puzzle of beautiful magic. It's a standalone adventure that has just a great message about, like, you know, growing up, becoming a hero, and, uh, you know, not overstepping your means, but also, you know, being, having the courage to, like, you know, jump into, like, the, the dragon's den, and, you know, saving the world, and I, I again, Spider-Man, 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 Spider-Man Homecoming, just check it out, it's a lot of fun. I can see that there are a lot of fans that might not like some of the changes that happened to the story and characters, and some may say that, you know, this film was just okay, and it didn't do enough to go about and, like, you know, just reinvent the wheel, but I thought, for what it was able to do, Spider-Man Homecoming was just a delight. Um, I'd say it could probably, yeah, screw it, it is in my top five of the year so far. Uh, Baby Driver is still my favorite film of the year. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be reviewing that just because I feel like the time has passed, but Spider-Man is definitely up there. I'll be curious to see where Spider-Man places after I've seen Dunkirk and War for the Planet of the Apes. But yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming, really good film, really solid. Check it out. And yeah, that is about it. So if you've seen Spider-Man Homecoming, let me know. Did you enjoy it? Where do you think it ranks in comparison to the previous Spider-Man films beforehand, and are you excited to see a sequel? Whatever questions or queries you have about this film, drop in the comment section below, or hit me up on Twitter where I am, the Hypersonic 55, or on Twitter again where I am at FilmFocus55, or on my email account where I am, the Hypersonic 55 at gmail.com. Please be sure to go out and like you know just check me out on SoundCloud or iTunes. Any creative criticism or like you know just feedback in general you want to give me that'd be great five stars on itunes please that would be fabulous so yeah that's me done for another episode thank you for listening and until the next time we will be signing out peace